nicknames um a lot of my friends call me half sack i guess or they used to or bow ball they used to call me bow balls but um you know i have only one testicle now so now it's bow ball you know just more accurate but anyway um i'm sorry i fucking lagged on you guys getting uh some kind of recording out to you it's just uh i am going to school and uh my like midterms and my finals are like I've just finished midterms. I'm about to work on my finals. My final project is um, is in Rec Arts 3, and I'm like, we basically have a live recording in the studio of this giant jazz band that we did, and uh, I'm having it open in Pro Tools, and I'm like mixing and mastering it, and it just gets crazy how, you know, when you get deep into, you know, doing all that kind of work with audio, you like time just goes by so fast. You know, I could get... You spend hours just finding the right EQ on like our snare drum or something, but I actually have it open right here. I was gonna play a little bit for you guys, like 30 seconds, I don't know. But this is what I've been mixing and mastering that we recorded in our uh, Rick Arts class. Let's make a play. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to play. I mean, it's probably pretty long. I don't, I don't want to like pl- play the whole fucking thing. It just takes forever. But basically, yeah, it's uh, we had so many channels open, and you know, you, you're miking up a regular drum kit alone. You have a mic for the kick, the snare, the hi hats, tom, each of the toms. You know, ride cymbals, and then you have overhead left and right. That's just like, I mean, fucking mics is that alone? And then you have to EQ each thing, use compression. Uh, uh, Add reverb to the horn section and the the vocalist, the guy singing actually. I wonder if I could solo his voice. He's um he was my Rec Arts two teacher and he just goes into this weird scat. It's fucking ridiculous, um, and it's just funny. Like, it's the one of the funnest things I've ever done is doing like Rec Arts, like recording arts, sound engineering. It's been like I've been kind of music musically inclined my whole life. I started playing guitar at you know, fourth grade, and uh, I, I could go hours on that alone, but um, I really don't, I can get really easily thrown off course when it comes to keeping, like, a general direction for a conversation, probably, as you guys heard on Dopey, you know, as my ADD-riddled uh, brain uh, dictates, but um, I wanted to kind of, like, get a few things, like, like out to you, like, as, a, as far as an update of where my life has been, um, you know, like right now it's just like, like I said, I have shit tons of homework and 
my friend Bethany kind of got me sick and gave me her strep throat, so that's why I probably sound like shit right now. Um, but as of right now, I'm doing good. Um, you know, I'm clean. Um, I've, I've like had to face a lot of challenges since, you know, getting, you know, my last like recovery like going, but I'm surrounding myself with good people. Um, you know, my homie Marcus from, um, NA is here keeping an eye on me, uh, chilling right next to me right now. And we're going to do a recording or an episode with him on it, like right after this. Um, and it's just like, uh, I've been, I'm just a big procrastinator, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good right now. Um, you know, I know a lot of you got, uh, kind of like were interacting with me on, um, the Dopey Nation Facebook group page after I made that post about, um, you know, um, someone I knew, uh, overdosing and dying, um, and basically, like, the specifics was that, uh, to get in further details, you know, I, I had this really deep relationship with this girl, um, who was from Ohio, and, um, she came out to California, and we dated, and then we both kind of, um, fell back into our old ways of, um, you know, shooting up heroin and stuff, and it got really fucked up, and, um, she, uh, has a few mental illnesses. One of them mainly is a borderline personality disorder. And, um, you know, I've been like taking a lot of, well, I guess addiction studies and psychology classes, been, been studying up a lot on that just to better understand like what it is. Cause I've dated like, like, I think my last two, at least my last two girlfriends had borderline personality disorder. So, um, basically from what I understand, it's people see everything in either black or white. There's no gray area. So it's either to the, to the either extreme. And she would uh, self-harm a lot in front of me and she'd uh, threaten to kill herself and damn near come close sometimes. And, uh, you know, I've, in hindsight, obviously everyone tells me that she was doing that as a manipulation tool to manipulate me because I was trying to break up with her. And um, she threatened to kill herself every time. And, you know, you know, it'd be times I'd be She'd be on, you know, drugs and flipping out. Um, and I'd leave because I didn't want to be in, like, dealing with, like, screaming matches and God knows what would come from it. Oh, shit. It's my friend Josh. Um, you know what? Let's answer it. Fuck it. Hello? Hey, what up, bro? Hey, Josh. I just want you to know I'm uh, recording. You're on the first episode of Nod Squad. So anything can and will be anything you said can and will be used against you in a court of law. So, because this is going on the internet. Sit down. So what's up? How are you doing? Hello. Alert, but uh, yeah, other than that, I was just calling to see how you're doing. Good, good. How? Why don't? Uh, are you gonna be available in about an hour or so? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll call you. I'll call you when I'm done with this. All right, bye. All right, bye. You see how, like, nervous he got? Oh, shit, we better put that. Can we, will you lid that ice cream in? You know where our freezer is in the garage, right? I think so. Yeah, down the hall through the um, fucking laundry room. I don't want my ice cream to melt because the lid's right there. I've been eating a lot of ice cream and drinking a lot of coffee all day just to try and, like, keep focus um, <laughs> and stay clean, I think basically ice cream like I don't know ever since I got clean I've had the fucking gnarliest craving for ice cream 
And I was like, well, fuck it. That's my harm reduction. That's my harm reduction. But thank you, sir. You're a gentleman and scholar. Sorry about that, guys. Got distracted. Um, fuck. Okay, so. Well, I guess we were talking about my ex and her borderline. Yeah, okay, so yeah, we'd be getting in screaming matches. And, you know, I would leave and be driving down the street. And she'd send me a text like I'm hanging from a noose in my closet one time. And I had to turn around and drive back and get, you know, the noose off from around her neck and she'd cut herself so deep it would need stitches like it was just bad and I'd never been in a relationship like that before um so I didn't really know how to handle it too well and uh I knew that if anything did happen to her I even though you know countless people said that wouldn't have been your fault I still would have felt bad or guilty or something I don't know so um Basically, it we we have been separated for a while, but um, she had like ran away to L.A. for a while. I uh, was you know getting really strung out there, and then she you know I was kind of in contact with her. Um, I met up with her once and tried to use with her, and uh, ended up that was like my first overdose of Narcan experience. And then you know I'm I'm like trying to like I can't tell the whole story, but basically. We can get into that later. Basically, she had gone back to Ohio, um, gotten in a bunch of trouble, and gone to jail and prison, and uh, had gotten released. And she's she just recently got released, uh, and she's already back to her old ways. And she was dating her her prison girlfriend, um, who I guess uh, she's bisexual, um, and I was like. She's just been, like, weird and about shit. Like, she's, like, you know, I kind of bipolar, and she'll be cool, or she'll be suicidal, or she'll be, like, taking shit out on me. So I was just, like, I'm, I'm like, kind of had, I was, like, had it with her. And I I think the night before, we were, like, arguing, and I was, like, I don't even know why I'm talking to you. Like, what the fuck is, why are you even giving me shit? I think she was, like, jealous that I was dating someone and just gotten in a relationship, even though she's in a relationship, but she somehow gets upset at me, and then, so I was just like, well, be, let's not be in each other's life, like, that's fine, like, you can't handle me moving on, you know, after you cheating on me, and God knows what, like, fuck, it was so much shit, um, then we shouldn't talk to each other, you know, and I think the only reason I was allowing her to talk to me over the phone is because she was all the way across the country in Ohio and I'm here in California because like I knew I had to set boundaries with her and I guess talking on the phone I didn't think would hurt but it's still invites talk you know toxicity in your life so basically I'd gone to bed and then you know 6 a.m. the next morning I get a call from my ex-girlfriend and she's screaming she's like hysterical and um, I'm like what the fuck what's going on and she had I guess you know the night before when she was arguing with me and she um spent the night at her friend's house and the next morning she had gone back to her house uh, her mother's house where she stays and goes into the bedroom her bedroom and she walks in on her girlfriend just laying on the ground just stone cold dead uh and she was freaking out you know um and I was trying to calm her down and it was just a weird thing because you know literally the night before I'm like arguing with her and telling her like please exit my life I don't need you in my life and then she's f calling me in because her girlfriend's dead, and it was just like a weird feeling where I, you know, I've, 
kind of wanted to be there for her, but at the same time, I was like, fuck, dude. You know, she here, she here back into my life again, not even a 20, full 24 hours. But, um, so then I, had, I made that post on Facebook with you guys, and you were all so fucking cool um, to me. And, um, you know, it, that means a lot to me. Um, I, I don't know, like, I've, I, I guess I've struggled building a support, like, like a support group around me in the past. And uh, just recently now, I've been trying to, I've been getting better at it. Um, but it, it meant a lot to me. You guys, like, like not knowing me too well, I would, you know, just getting to know me and you're willing to, like, you know, spend time and energy, you know, making sure I'm okay and everything. That's just, like, it really made me feel, like, special or not special. Oh, it sounds kind of, kind of gay, yeah. I don't know, dude, like, I just felt, it made me feel good. It made me feel like people give a shit about me. And uh, I've always struggled thinking that, I guess, my, my addiction or my insecurities would say, make me believe that no one gives a shit about me at all, you know? Um, so, I maybe, and that's probably why I've had trouble, like, uploading something like this as a beginning episode to update my current status. It's like, it's hard to, me, it's, it's hard, for, hard for me to, like, fucking reveal like that kind of shit about myself. I feel like it puts me in a vulnerable position, but at this point in my life, it's like, I feel like if that's what I have to do to like save my own life, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, cause I was been, I was struggling for a while recently and I'm still kind of struggling, not in that I'm using, but just like, you know, I'm trying to rebuild my life and I'm trying to make a, I guess make plans or, you know, have a checklist ready to make sure I'm doing everything I can to stay clean and not invite like temptation back into my life. And, um, you know, it's, I guess it's difficult sometimes. Um, and for various reasons that I could get into, but, um, I'm realizing I've been kind of doing things like subconsciously that would make it that would make my recovery more difficult, and I wasn't even like thinking about it or realizing it. And now I'm realizing that, you know, since this last overdose of mine, you know, I, I need to be really more proactive in in my recovery. And um, this is the, like kind of the first time I've really taken recovery seriously, um, which is strange. You know, I should have done it a long time ago, but I'm I, I'm thankful to be alive today. Um, and being able to even upload this and let it out to you guys. Um, but yeah, so she like, just to recap, she's, yeah, she's back in my life again. I'm trying to be there for her, but I'm not, I got my own life too. But I think what had happened after that, I, uh, she had called me or I'd called her and I was checking in on her and, you know, she's obviously doing not well, was way worse than me. Um, and once again, she gets into an argument with me, even though I'm calling just to make sure she's okay. And she brings up something from the past, like, she's like, well, you never put money on my books when I was in prison, so you're a dick. And, this, and I was like, just like, it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it set me off, like, you know, first of all, she's not my girlfriend. Second of all, she's got her, it's like, she's got, she's dated like a few people after we broke up. Um, and third of all, she's like cheated on me enough times where I should, like, she should be lucky I'm even allowing her to talk to me on the phone, let alone like 
or put money. I had, I had basically had money on my phone for people uh, who were in jail here, where like in my hometown. And for some reason, I guess if you're in prison or jail in Ohio, you can like still use that money that's on my phone. So she would call and I'd I would talk to her every now and then, and I put my I which I feel stupid for I put money on the phone while she was in prison to talk to her and you know make sure she had a good plan for when she got released to stay clean and you know I guess just trying to be there for her even though like f she's done so many things to like warrant me never l talking to her again you know and I don't really want to get into that right now but it's like it because you know in the in the end like. After the first time she cheated on me, I should have fucking left and just, like, been done with her. So all those other times she cheated on me, that's pretty much my fault anyway. And, um, you know, it hurt, like, you know, being cheated on and being shit on like that and having someone shoot up heroin in front of you when you're trying to stay clean and all that shit. But, like, um, you know, and I did feel bad about it and it felt all sorts of ways about it, but... You know, like I when I was fucking deep in my addiction when I was in LA, I like I just found out I had been diagnosed with cancer and I just got surgery and you know I had just gone off the I just went crazy. I went and partied and I cheated on girls too. So it's like I put that negative energy out there and karma boomeranged back and smacked me right in the face. So it's like I I mean I guess I yeah I felt bad about it, but it's like. I did shit in the past that would like be like I shouldn't deserve to feel bad about it because I did the same shit, you know. But I've changed. I'm not. I'm. I'm not that person now, you know. But I did. I did a lot of shitty things in my past. Um, but anyway, getting off subject yet again. So basically, um, yeah, I I've been like pissed off at her because you know she was being like total bitch to me. I mean, no offense, but it's like, what the, I, what the fuck did I do to deserve this? It's like, you're, I'm here. I'm allowing you in my life. Right. Um, after I just tried to get you out, but cause, and I'm trying to be supportive because your girlfriend's dead from an overdose. And I'm pretty sure you guys probably do the same dope. So I was just trying to be there for you to make sure you're not going to do anything to like die as well. You know? Um, and I'm getting shit because I didn't put money on your books while you're in prison. And I'm just like, okay. So I was like, all right. Um, I was like, whatever, I guess. And I think we, like, I left that conversation. I even talked to her the next day. Or she, I have whatever. I don't know why the fuck I would even try. Um, but then she was like, fucking being, being, like, just harsh to me again for no reason. It's like getting in fights with her mom and then taking it on me. And so this is all through Facebook Messenger, right? And I guess, you know, I don't know if you guys are as, tech savvy is I'm not tech savvy I didn't know, that, know this but on Facebook you can you know type out a message or you, you can record your voice and send a voice message through messenger and she likes to do that with me and so she would send them but it's awesome what's awesome about that is you know you can have like really rude tones and like you, your delivery and your projection can be you can send certain energies and it, characteristics or whatever. So she, like, you could tell by just the way she was talking to me, like, just rude as fuck, like, fuck you. And just like, well, fuck, dude, all right. She was, like, saying, like, I'm arguing with my mom right now and I'm not in a good mood, so can you just please fuck off, you know? Like, so I was like, all right, all right, I'll fuck off. Like, I don't need that shit, like, obviously. So um, 
I tried to fuck off and then she would keep messaging me harsh shit. And I was like, I'm trying to fuck off over here. Like you asked, uh, like three messages ago and she wouldn't stop fucking like harassing me. And so I, I get, I blocked her on messenger cause you can block someone on messenger and not like their whole profile. So I blocked her on Facebook messenger thinking I got rid of the problem. And then she just hops on like, I don't know, Instagram and messages me on there. Like, fuck you. Like, I was like, dude, I cannot fucking escape this girl right now. Like every time I block her on one part, like aspect of social media, I think it got to the point I blocked her on everything. And then she was sending me goddamn emails on G on her Gmail account. Like I was like, wow, dude. And so, um, I kind of just, I think she ran out of energy and I just kept her blocked. And, uh, and then I guess she's been threatening to be, uh, kill herself yet again. And at this point I'm just like exhausted from the whole thing. And I don't think, um, I just haven't had contact with her. I mean, I, I mean, she's threatened to kill herself so many times in front of me. That I don't like, and I've had so much energy and just dis like distraction. Like the main thing is like, She'll do this shit, and then I'll spend the rest of the day distracted, just being either worried about her or mad or, you know, stuck in my emotions. And then, you know, it's hard for me to just get out of that and get back to focusing on, like, positive things and things I, like my responsibilities or whatever. So, and that's basically the update for between me and her. She's gone missing. Um, her phone is off. I don't know. I don't know where she is or if she's alive. Um... And to be honest, like, this is not the first time I've, like, felt or had this, like, situ same situation happen where she's gone missing and who knows where she is or if she's alive. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Um, but they, uh, I, I guess I don't really have much to say about her, that, regarding her. Uh, I'm trying to just, like, get myself out, right, oh, as far away and just not in any contact with her at all which is hard because she, when she wants, anytime she wants to, she can, she tries any way she can to get contact me. So, um, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. It's crazy. And I'm trying to, I've been trying to date this new girl. We're kind of just friends with benefits for now, I guess. But I mean, obviously that's usually evolves into a relationship and she's a really positive person in my life. Um, and she's got, I think I said on dope, she has two years clean. She's actually got three years clean. She's like the the manager at um, a sober living home. She's just got her shit together. And she's calls me on my bullshit and tells me what I need to hear. And she puts up with my shit and she gives me the chance to fix things. Um, and she doesn't completely abandon me. Um, I, mean, she, I mean, I'm sure if I fucked up enough times, she would, but... Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm not getting clean just for, like, her, obviously, because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would say, oh, you have to get clean for yourself. I'm, I'm getting clean for myself, but it's just, like, it's just nice to have, you know, someone, date someone who has their shit together and who's willing to help you um, get your shit together because they believe in you, you know? Um, yeah, but if, I mean, whether I was single or in a relationship, um, I'm, I have to take my recovery seriously this time. It's fucking, it's fucking scary now. You know, it's, it's reached a point where I fucking am afraid that I will die 
or worse, lose everything in my life that I love. And I just, I, I'm so sick of that. I don't, you know, like I've never had, I guess I, for the longest time I was able to like, you know, stop and, you know, be clean for, you know, a few weeks or months. And then, but I would always fall back into it. Um, and it's just reached the point where it's not fun anymore. It's just problems. And, um, I'm just ashamed and embarrassed of how I act and how I treat other people when I'm under the influence like that. Um, and it just sucks. And then, you know, I, I kind of took me, took a lot of me humbling myself and, you know, killing my ego to actually admit I need help. And, um, this is something bigger than me that I can't just do on my own. And, um, so I really had to reach out for help from, you know, other people. And that's another thing I wanted to say is like, you know, you, you guys have helped me so much and, you know, I always feel like I'm a burden on people. So I kind of, it's hard for me to ask for help. Um, but I'm, I appreciate all you guys' support and I would obviously would w gladly welcome any further support I can get from anyone because, um, you know, I'm back to like early stages of recovery and, um, it's kind of hard. It's kind of, yeah, well, it's not kind of, it is hard in many ways. So, um, you know, I'm trying to make myself more available and, um, I just I would really love anyone's like kind words or anything to help me get through these times. Um, you know, like, fuck, yeah, it's been weird, like, you know, since that whole incident that I talked about on Dopey, you know, um, to, I had to, uh, my old dealer, like, had hit me up, and it was like, he's like, hey, I think I might have left some extended clips, nine millimeter, nine millimeter extended clips for a handgun in your guest bedroom, so I had to fucking sneak upstairs while my parents were home and, like, rummage through the desk to find, like, not California legal, obviously, extended nine, milli nine millimeter handgun, like, clips and get them out. I was like, what if my fucking dad found that? He's smart enough to know what the fuck that is. I was like, holy fuck, what is my life, you know? Um, and, you know, I had done my whole detox that I told about on Dopey, like, and, you know, it really helped cushion the fall, um, where I was able to just do it, but it's off, but it's like, it's hard too, because then I have, you know, people like him who are hitting me up to hang out, even just to hang out. Um, I think, you know, I, I dropped off those, he, he's drove by my house to pick up those clips, those handgun clips. And he's like, it's been, it'd been like 12 days since, um, it's been like 12 days since I had, uh, you know, overdosed. And it's like weird because like, yeah, the dude like, you know, he's a drug dealer and he fucking, he goes out and peddles drugs that got me strung out. But at the same time, he also saved my fucking life. And whereas if he wanted to, he could have just taken my cell phone, erased our messages between each other and just dipped out and left me in my house to die. You know, so it's like I need to keep boundaries from him, but it, I do. I am grateful that he, you know, saved my life. 
Um, so that's a weird kind of uh, situation anyway. But and the, and what is also weird about it is like, you know, I, I dropped the, he, he drove by and he dropped the, I gave him like, here's your fucking weaponry. And um, he was like, you know, okay, what are you doing? I was like, you know, I'm just drying out, just trying to detox and, you know, be good. And he was like, okay, cool. And, um, and I, and I didn't realize this a lot, but, and I think Dave, even Dave uh, mentioned it when I was on Dopey is like, a lot of people don't, aren't able to wean themselves off. They have to go to a, a residential treatment center. And so, um, I guess I didn't really realize that cause I, I, I only really understand my addiction and it's like, well, I can, I can try to like look at other people's addictions, but when it comes down to it, we're all kind of have unique characteristics within our addiction. And, um, I guess that my dealer recognized something in me where he was impressed or something that I was able to wean myself off. And, um, so he kind of, I gained, I gained his trust or something, you know? Um, because I'm sure he, a lot of people or junkies that he deals with are kind of shady and it would be willing to rip them off if given the chance. Um, I've never been that kind of person. Um, you know, I've had dealers drop giant sacks of fucking glass on the fucking ground and I just would be like, hey, you drop this. Where he's like, you could easily have pocketed it and help them look for it later, even though it's in my pocket. I just have never been a... And it's like, I'm not trying to say... I'm not trying to say anyone who has done that, that I'm better than them. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit, you know? So I'm not saying that as if I'm above anyone because trust me, I'm so far... And the way I, and the things I think about myself, I'm, I'm on the bottom of the barrel, but I just never, when I, even when I was deep in my addiction and strung out, I never stole from my friends and I never pawned my shit. Thank God. You know, I have all my studio equipment here still. Um, if I was dope sick and I was broke and I, and I couldn't like maybe manipulate my parents into loaning me money. I just lay in bed and I'd sweat it out. And it's like, I did this myself. I ran out of money. I'm not going to, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't do that. I don't know. I just, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to fuck up friendships in that way. Cause that's fucked. And some people do that and some people don't. And you know, I'm not saying we're better than anyone who does that because you know, in the end, the people who do that kind of burn bridges and they end up having that negative, negative, or that negative action, like, come back to them in the form of something else. So, um, but off topic, he, my, my dealer kind of was, I gained his trust by weaning myself off. Um, and so he'd want to come over and hang out and he'd want me to like stash his safe full of shit at my house. And I've just been like trying my best to like not fucking be in contact with him because it's like even if I didn't even if I was friends with this person um and didn't do dope like I am he's he has it around him 24 7 let's say even if I didn't have no addiction and no craving and I wasn't an addict by hanging out with this guy who's got you know ghost guns and god knows what it's like I'm putting myself at risk legally to get in trouble with the law you know, so it's just like, and I know he means well, and he's got his own troubles, and 
but it's like I just can't I don't know and it's been hard because now him and his little right hand man who are really cool and nice at the same time it's like and they know I'm not they know I'm like someone like I'm loyal I'm if I'm your friend I'm a loyal friend and I'm not and they can trust me and they know they can trust me because they trusted me they left safes of shit in my house and nothing, nothing of theirs ever got tampered with but at the same time, it's like, oh, it's cool to have gained someone's trust, but I don't need to gain the trust of someone so they can try and get me to do a bunch of illegal shit, you know? So I've been having to really, like, make a list of things I need to do um, that I, I think everyone should do earlier in, in the recovery. I'm going to have to, like, change my phone number and, like, maybe get a new Facebook account or, or something. Um, just so that any kind of contacts with certain people are severed, which is the, I think the hardest thing in 2018 for doing that for your recovery is like through Facebook, because even if you delete that person and block them, you can just as easily unblock them, re-add them, you know, and you're and hit them up on messenger. So, you know, I'm just trying to take as many steps as I can so that I have only a certain amount of people surrounding me, which are all positive to me. Um, and it's taken me a long time to learn that you kind of like, kind of develop into who you are based on who, you're, who you surround yourself with. And um, I don't know if anyone knows about this, uh, but if you look it up on, if you Google, go to Google, if you, are, if you give a shit and Google uh, the Dunbar number. It's on Wikipedia. Dunbar number is basically, it's like the maximum amount of people you can have memorize at, at any given time. I think the human brain can memorize 150 to 200. I'm not sure the exact number, but there's, I think it's 150 to 200 people. You can only know, like remember that many people. That's so, you know, given that, um, and you're only able to remember so many people. Why not have them all be like good, positive people that will help you and thus make you want to be more willing to help them and you just have great relationships instead of toxic ones, you know? And I've had a lot of toxic relationships, friendships and, you know, romantic, you know, relationships in my day and, it, and it's affected me greatly. So I'm just realizing that now. Fuck, you guys, I kind of went on a tangent. How long has that been? 34 minutes. Oh, I thought it would have been longer. I can flow pretty fucking good um, if I want to. And I, I'm, uh, I've been drinking coffee all day, so I guess a solo f recording wasn't that hard. But I don't know really much what to say from there, you guys. Um, I'm just, like, trying to live, go each day. Um, and fucking, oops, fuck. I'm just, I don't know, dude. Like, I'm just trying to fucking stay clean every day and... It's been hard, and um, I, I'm going to be doing my YouTube channel. I'm uploading this on SoundCloud uh, just because I have a SoundCloud account already. So when you guys check it out, you should check out my whole SoundCloud um, like profile because I have... You know, I, to I mentioned I play guitar, but i also uh, been producing beats of or music of all kinds. You know, uh, I always... <laughs> When I first moved back to LA, I started DJing. That's right, when like dubstep got big, and <laughs> I was DJing around there. Um, so, you know, I've been like 
working on that. Um, and I have a bunch of mixes up on there, like old DJ mixes when I was just DJing vinyl. So if you guys are into anything like that, you can check out some of my old music um, and, you know, leave a comment, let me know what you think. But, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be doing podcasts or anything on SoundCloud, really. I just already have an account, so it's just really easy for me to upload it right there. Um, the YouTube channel... Um, it's going to be like definitely obviously different than Dopey. Um, it's going to kind of be of a, a commentary kind of channel. I mean, I'll tell stories, obviously, and I'll do podcasts with people. But the YouTube channel is going to be like almost like short mini documentary series where I, you know, comment on like sociopolitical things, events like the drug war or um, the privatized prison industrial complex or the opium epidemic or or all these different other things that are going on right now, you know? Um, uh, I really wanted to do something like that, and I'm very interested and, like, fascinated with that whole that whole aspect of, of our world. Um, so it'll be a little different than, like, a podcast where we just flow to, like, in the mic, you know? But I think it would be really cool, and I think people might find it really interesting. Um, and then... I'm just, like I know I talked about this a bunch, but I am I, even though it is going to be really hard, we're going to get some animations done of our stories. I will find a fucking way. Uh, I want to make that happen so bad, but um, obviously, uh, and if you, I don't know, not obviously, but if you've been paying attention to YouTube, there's been this whole adpocalypse, and people are like very like on thin ice with what they can, like what kind of content or edgy content they can upload on, um, YouTube or get away with uploading. And I'm like, I look at that content like it's fucking watered down already. So if I were to upload the things we, the ideas we have for, I, I'm afraid that there would be a huge backlash if it got, you know, who knows? Um, so, and we were trying to like really like me and like a few people I'm working with are really trying to think of the best way to get that kind of really graphic kind of those stories out, but kind of censor them enough just so that it's like not as um, offensive. And not only that, I, I thought about this aspect. I don't want to trigger anyone, especially anyone in the dopey nation. I don't want to be triggering people if it's like a cartoon of me <laughs> injecting heroin. So it's like, even though we do an animation, we'll do a story, like like we were working on one animation and we did a storyboard and it's like, okay, well, in the, the story, someone shoots heroin. It's like, well, you don't want to have like the money shot of the needle going in the arm, you know, like, cause like I, sometimes I don't like things, certain things don't trigger me, but that doesn't mean that's not going to trigger somebody else. So I, and it's like, that's just like, I would feel bad if I put this kind of content out and um, like majority of people watching it were triggered, you know, because it's like, even if you don't relapse from that trigger, you're going to feel uncomfortable for a while. Like when I would get triggered, like, and I'd, my ex would shoot up dope right in front of me. I'd be triggered and I'd have like anxiety for like hours after. And I don't want to put anyone through that or, or potential risk to relapse, you know, even though like, God, it would, I, and I, honestly would think it would look and be so like entertaining and like fascinating like and stimulating visually as well as like you know I don't know, audibly 
because when when people tell stories on Dopey, they're like everyone can agree with me. Those are really fascinating and f fun to listen to. And I was just thinking, well, if you did, did that and then have it in a cartoon, wouldn't it be that much more um, like entertaining? But at the same time, then if you're talking about visual depictions of drug use, and so then I kind of thought, well, first of all, I don't want to get in trouble for having something overly offensive. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to trigger people because if it's like listening, like listening to a story of someone shooting dope, and then doing the same thing, but then there's a visual representation, and you're watching it too. I don't know. Is that like cross the line of like too much, too triggering? Like I don't know. And that's maybe something I want to ask you guys in the Dopey Nation: is like, what is too triggering to you guys? What is not that like not triggering at all and acceptable? And what isn't? Because like, I mean, I care about all you guys out there enough, and to where I don't want to like trigger you. I don't want to offend you. Um, but I just don't know because everyone, it, I guess it differs with everybody, right? Like when I was in, yeah, every time I'm in recovery and clean, I can watch heroin documentaries all day long. And it's like, I don't get triggered. But as soon as that is right in front of me in the physical form or someone who gets, can get it right there, then I'm triggered, you know, but that's me. I don't know if it's different for anyone else. Like I remember when I was in prop 36, which is a, you know, a lighter drug um, court order drug program. Uh, one of the cl like classes before, they were watching episodes of Intervention, and it triggered so many people. Like, just, like almost half of them went out and relapsed. You know, so it's like, uh, I I it would feel horrible if someone went and relapsed because of something I made, um, and I just I guess I don't know. I, I want to make sure I really. If I'm going to do something like that, I want to get it done right and not just put it out there sloppily and not have taken any like precaution to make sure it's like somewhat safe for people who are in early stages of recovery, you know, because I know how important my recovery is to me and I never want to put anyone else's at risk. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I remembered to get that out there because you guys... It, that's that's basically been the main thing um, that's been preventing us from, you know, getting content up. In the beginning, it was, I didn't want, like, our counselor was, or we had two drug counselors in drug court. They were always trying to find incriminating, you know, text messages or, like, Facebook messages about things because they could legally go through your phone. So it's like, me and my uh, co-host Ryan, we were like, "Fuck! Like, if we upload some some of these stories, and they hear them, that's an invitation for them to sanction us and put us in jail. And you know, maybe we don't graduate the program. And so we were like, "Yeah, we better hold off, and we'll um, by the time we graduate, we'll have a backlog of so many. We could like, you know, if we needed a week to have off of working on it, we could upload one of the older episodes or something like that." Um, but then, you know, all this other shit happened. My co-host, uh, relapsed and that was really bad. I have one episode recorded. No shit. Um, I mean, obviously none of these are uploaded, but one of them is me and, uh, my co-host Ryan is, I'm on the phone with him and he's on the run from, cause you know, when you, st when you stop showing up to drug court, they put a warrant out for your arrest and your probation officer comes looking for you, but he's on the run. 
and I'm on the phone with him, and he's in a hidden, in like, in like an undisclosed location, and he's like so fucked up, but he's like he's carrying a good conversation, and fuck, at one point I think he's like, I mean obviously you don't can't see it because I'm on the phone with him, but he's cooking up a shot and shooting up dope while on the phone with me, and I was and I was triggered. I was like, you asshole, you know. Um, so it was just like we have a lot of good stuff. Um, that I want to upload and I guess I'm going to try and get some of that up I'm trying to figure out how to do that because um, they're all out of order now and it's so unorganized and I do have to go through certain recordings and censor certain like some people drop names that shouldn't have been dropped you know um, stuff like that so it's a lot of work like you know it's not like your every this isn't like Nod Squad isn't like your everyday podcast where you, like we like I have people come on here and tell stories that that they got away with that if the cops found out it was them, they would reopen their fucking investigation on it and fucking convict somebody, and that was an eye opener too. It's like a really good fucking story too. Um, so I have to make sure I I keep guests who tell stories like that completely anonymous and and in secrecy because. Um, I also don't want to put them in, in any danger as well. So, um, but basically, yeah, the, I want to do the YouTube channel. May, and then we'll I'll also have podcasts. I have a lot of guests I want to have come on. Um, but I really want to get the YouTube channel up. Um, and aside from that, anything else, we have a lot of artwork that we've made that I want to have pressed on shirts if, you know, down the road. But for right now, I just wanted to get this recording done. As a, like, just get something out there because we haven't uploaded shit and uh, just more and more stories have accumulated. And I just, I'm like, I guess I have a lot, of, I have OCD really bad. So it gets to the point where I'm like wanting to perfect it and perfect it before I release it out to the public. And then I get so wrapped up in that, I fucking don't do shit. But I mean, at the same time, I've been kind of working out a lot of, you know, f character flaws in, within myself. So. You know, my recovery, I guess, you know, obviously my recovery has to come first. Um, and I neglected that. And so I had to kind of keep myself back on track. And so I've kind of just been secluding myself to my room and only inviting certain people into my life. Um, and it's been challenging. So... But fuck, I kind of like ran out of steam. I, th I don't know really what else I want. I could say. Um, uh, and I was, yeah, I guess that's pretty much the best update I could give. I, there's been like a few things here and there, like problems here and there that I could tap into, but I'll just do that at a later date. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys again for everything, um, for even listening, um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys letting me rant. This was a fucking, this was a fuck ton of a rant. And it's been built up inside of me for so many days. And I haven't really had an outlet to, like, just let it out. Um, and it's just been, it's, like, really fucking therapeutic. And, like, it, it feels really nice to just get it off my chest and move on and, like, start to look at life through the front windshield instead of always dwelling on mistakes I've made, you know, behind me. Um, so... Anyway, I gotta get this shit uploaded to you guys as soon as possible. I know I've been lagging on it. And uh, as a, an addict, I know I always want instant gratification, so I need to provide that to anyone who wants to, like, listen. 
Um, I just, I just like appreciate you guys so much. It's been really fucking, fucking a big eye opener lately. And just the fact that anybody's willing to like reach out to me, that means so much to me. It, it really keeps me, it keeps me hopeful that um, I can get through this and uh, make it out on the other side. So with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. Marcus, you want to do a recording? No. Oh God, here we go. you guys um i love you guys stay strong and uh peace love and all the above i've been drowning in my sorrows i just wanna see tomorrow yeah there's gotta be another way out i need changing rearranging i just wanna see and face it yeah there's gotta be another way people say oh, I just want to sort of they kind of they're kind of dabbling in the idea of improving themselves and the real way to do it is you got to write down what the fuck you want and then go after it if you decide I'm gonna get down to bang I'm gonna do this I'm gonna run a marathon in less than five hours I'm gonna you know whatever the fuck it is you got to write that shit down and go go for it. go go for it go